0: It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440 on Twang Tuesday. Ah, it's a stretch. But it's from Heart Like a Wheel that had lots of country-ish songs on it. So we we'll, we love Linda Ronstead here. So we'll play it and we'll apologize to the purists. Lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. WolfGMCBuick.com. Declan, do you have a prediction for tonight's game? Do you have a, a score prediction?
1: Vegas five three. Whoa, yeah, wow. I just think I just think the script is out there. I
0: think mm-hmm. I've seen the movie. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna disagree. I, I think Vegas wins four three in overtime.
1: Yeah, I like you can beat up on the bad teams all you want, but then you play a team like Carolina and listen. The Caps were hot when they played them and, and wiped them, but you play a good team like Carolina, and I think I just think it's a better. It's a better test of where this Oilers team is actually at right now. I don't know. Like, I think, they'll, I think they'll continue to get better. I think they'll string wins together. But I think Vegas is the top of the mountain. And I just don't know if this team is ready to compete with them at this point in the season yet.
0: I, I would have gone Oilers winning 4-3 in overtime. But Vegas lost last night in Calgary. And they do have a coach who's like a hard ass. And they will be, they'll play tonight. They will be ready and they will play. And they're very good. And the Oilers have, the, the one thing that gives me a little bit of confidence in the Oilers being able to beat a team like Vegas is the penalty kill is really coming along. And that is, that is good news. Having said that, I do think the Oilers get a result. I'm just calling them to lose in overtime.
1: Like when I look at this Vegas team losing to Calgary, I don't look at that as a wounded gazelle looking licking its wounds and we can come and clean up the carcass. I look at it exactly how you said. This is a team that's going to come in motivated. The coach is going to rally the troops. You know, they don't want to lose back-to-back to two teams that are where they are at in the standings with Calgary and Edmonton. So I think I think Vegas gets it done tonight. Well, well, we'll see.
0: And then we'll talk about it tomorrow because that's what we do. For some reason people need a whipping boy on Edmonton Coffee are not Horkoff. Gordo from Beaumont It's so true I, I remember I, I, For a long time in this market The media actually would misquote Horkoff's cap hit They He had a salary that was higher one year And they just went around using that as his cap hit And nobody corrected them You know, on the blogs we were screaming about it But nobody corrected the media Everybody's like, no, his cap hit isn't this His cap hit is this His salary this season is this Nobody cared and That happened and Horkov got hammered because of that by fans and media. Horkov had the hardest minutes, the toughest zone starts. He had it all. And he was not an offensive player compared to players making that kind of money. Having said that, he was the best center the Oilers had. And he... he He had to be good because Sam Gagne wasn't a good center. And until Nuge got along in 2011, Horkoff was the guy. And then Nuge took over way too young because they had no choice. Don't forget a lot of the texts about Darnell Nurse and other Oilers are by trolls from other teams just trying to stir the pot. They're not Oilers fans. Yeah, I mean I think that a lot of people who are observers of the Oilers aren't Oiler fans. I've got a few of them on my blog and that's that's a factor for sure. If I remember correctly, Hemsky was a bit of a whipping boy in his later years as well. He was for sure. He was more of a whipping boy for the media though. I remember very well. It would be I'd be sitting doing a show and people the the media would do Hemsky first off the ice. Hemsky doesn't want to talk to the media okay and then Hemsky later on talked about issues that he was having you know and I think people are you know 10 years or 15 years later are are more sympathetic to people in terms of mental health issues in terms of depression in terms of those things and that's a good thing McDavid is back that's the game changer tonight watch for him to get another four points well if he does the Otters will win Vegas is tough though they're a really good team. And there's no Jackson Lacombe playing for Vegas Golden Knights. But when McDavid's on fire, oh, doctor. Go away, Deck. Your pessimistic predictions are annoying.
1: I think that is literally. I, I, I really think this is the first time I've predicted the Oilers to lose this season.
0: It might be. I don't know. I think it is. I really think it is. I, I'll tell you what's good about that text. People are paying attention. You're a young broadcaster. Been on the show for not that long. People are already starting to pick at you.
1: That's great. yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's pretty easy when you you know throw me a question and my voice comes on.
0: No, but what happens is they're actually paying attention. That's a good thing. Yeah. They're listening to what you say and they're reacting to it. it. No, but negative reaction. We are in the, the lowest rung of the entertainment business. There's vaudeville died and then there's us right above that. We're the second rung. Okay. And then vaudeville dying means we're the lowest rung. But above us is everybody. People who can sing, dance. people who can dance, people who are funny, people who are MCs, people who can get sham wow commercials. We're we the lowest rung of the entertainment ladder.
1: I think we're pretty funny. Does that like, do we maybe are like yeah, half a step we're up? We're funny
0: in context. Okay. We're yeah. not funny standing in front of people because that takes talent and nerve. We are, you know, Almost like faceless people, although Gregor's got the big, beautiful video machine. Uh, and we ramble on. We, we're, we are the lowest rung of the entertainment. And we're on the entertainment ladder. God love us. I mean, if I could sing, I would, but I can't. By the way, that Heart Like a Wheel album has I Can't Help It If I'm Still In Love With You by Linda Ronstadt. Great song. Also a Paul Anka song. It doesn't matter anymore. If you're going to buy a Linda Ronstadt album, buy that. I think When Will I Be Loved is also on that album. Logan Thompson starting, and they are missing their top two defensemen. Vegas is ripe for the picking. Well, five-one from Coach Mike. There you go. That's the positive. The sport. Yeah. Here's the thing about nurse hate. They pick on the contract because in their tortured minds a convenient cover for a true motive. Wrong is a mild way of putting it. I thank you for picking up on that. Finally, I hear something about Horkoff's value. How many seasons in a row did he take the most face-offs because the orders didn't have another center? It's true. It's true. And they were always defensive zone face-offs. And Eric Belanger, I remember he came to help. He didn't help. Man, oh man, I tell you, the orders in center. That's why, like, you know... I uh, Craig McTavish won't be a great general manager because he didn't do the time leading up to it. And he didn't have the bona fides when McDavid uh, uh, lottery came along. And I think that strings were pulled to get him out of there. But I think it would have benefited the Otis probably to keep him there and not hire Shirelli. If you look at McTavish, especially around the draft... What did he do? The two drafts that he had, he used the first pick on a stud, big, mammoth, mean defenseman in Darnell Nurse, and then he got himself a hell of a center in Leon Dreisaitl. Those were his two picks. I mean, he 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 hit seven-run home run both times. He got key players, and you're like, well, okay, but Dreisaitl should have been taken higher. He should have. No, he did well. Greg McTavish did well. It's their third game in four nights they have significant injuries. They'll also be playing backup goaltender. I guess Logan Thompson is statistically far better than Skinner. But anyway, if the Oilers can't beat them now, with all of the history and the desperate need to get a couple of points, they'll never beat them for Merrick. Well, I, 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 I reject all of that. They... they they lost in six games in the spring in the playoffs, so they won two. And games five and six turned in the second period of both games. Won a couple of penalties, won a complete phantom call. The Otis were close to winning the Stanley Cup. And there's a sense right now, and I don't buy into it, and I want to push back on it. Well, they're too far away. No, they're not. They need a backup goaltender. They need a two-way forward for the third line. They need What they need is a guy like Pisani in when he was playing with Rafi Torres and Jarrett Stoll. They've got Warren Fogle and they've got Ryan McLeod, two really good players. And right now it's Derek Ryan, and when he gets back, he'll be Dylan Holloway. What they need is a veteran guy. They need somebody, um, like, remember when Vegas went out and got Ivan Barbashev? That's what they need. They need for that line. They need a guy who can come in and play and not just be on the line to contribute, but push it. Push the river with that line. And if they get a third line like that, then their fourth line by just absolute fact will be able to handle things better because they won't be needed as much. And then I think they need an upgrade on defense. Right defense, in my opinion, but maybe maybe left defense. Left defense to me looks really good. They have four really good ones. Nurse, Ekholm, Kulak, and Philip Broberg, who doesn't play. But they're good. On the right side, CeCe is good, but if he gets hurt... He's not as effective. Evan Bouchard, I really like him. But on a really strong team, he might be the third-pairing guy right now. If you could slide in a second-pairing guy, I don't know that you can. But So I'm talking about a two-way. I'm talking about Barbashev. I'm talking about, I don't know, pick a guy. Tanev in Calgary, and I'm talking about a backup goalie, save Vladar. If you add Barbashev, Tanev, and Vladar to this team, just don't, don't get mad at me. I know it's not going to be easy. But if you could add Barbashev, Tanev, and Vladar to this team, well, that, that's a game-changer. And there's nothing to hold back management. Jeff Jackson is he has one player that has been signed since he got here in terms of procurement, and that's Brady Stonehouse. Everybody else is an orphan. When a new manager comes in, all of the kids who are drafted, who were your children before, they're Ken Holland's kids, they're now orphans. Jeff Jackson doesn't give two hoots and a nanny about it. And history shows that's true. Will they make a trade? Will they trade Broberg? I bet it's possible. The 2024 pick, I bet it's possible. I bet they'd trade Holloway if, if necessary. And they might even go higher than that. Borgo, yes. Lavois, yes. Rodriguez, yes. 2025 first round pick, yes. 2024 second round pick, yes. Anything that's not nailed down and a veteran could be gone. Anything. The two Russian kids... Yevseyev and Bereskin, they could be gone. What's holding them back? Bo Ache. Why? Why keep you... By the time Bo Aki gets here, the Edmonton Otis could be a completely different team. The time is now. And they look like they've righted the ship. So there's not the urgency that there was. But you still need Barbashev, you still need Tanev, and you still need Vladar. Might as well start picking away right now. So the deadline when you make the bigger moves... You got a chance, and I would I would start with a goaltender. Five years from now, we'll be discussing how foolish we were to jam Nuge into the center spot. He's not great at face-offs, but every MACD and dry go together. Nuge moves to center. Team needs a third-line center. Maybe Connor Brown. Um uh, who was it? Was it was it Tyler Dello? Somebody wrote about the importance of face-offs, and I didn't agree with it, but he showed mathematically why the first six seconds are important, but but it's not as important as people think it is. Nugent center, I, I, I would put him with a right wing who could take the weak side face-offs, but I don't think Nugent center is bad. He's actually a really smart player. Vegas played last night. The backup goalie starts. Game will be decided in the first eight minutes. On back-to-back power play goals for the Otis. Wow, that's very specific. Do you think Holland makes a play for Perry? I don't know the situation. The 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 contract termination is going through now. The NHLPA will, you know, they will have a say. They could contest it. This might not be an option for him to sign for some time. I don't know. But if he's available, my guess is Yes. Corey Perry is exactly the kind of guy Ken Holland goes after. So is Patrick Kane. If they're older players and they are available and they have had success in the past and they're in the NHL guide and record book, then Ken Holland is interested. And I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm just saying that's his M.O. Hard to watch Tana block that shot with his face, but he did it. Disagreeing with all of what? All I'm saying is they should definitely win tonight because of all those factors, and they likely will. I'm disagreeing with you two, saying they'll lose. That's all from Eric. I don't know what we're talking about, but, Eric, your opinion is appreciated, and we've given ours, and uh, we will move on, and then tomorrow text us if we're wrong. I said they would lose in overtime and get a point. LT, a backup, if they had a starter last postseason, they win the cup. They need a starter, or it's another wasted year from Aaron and Hazard. I don't agree. I think Stuart Skinner is, is at least a 1A, and I think that last year he showed it, and he's going to show it again this year. Stuart Skinner's a good goaltender. I have a theory from Shaunzi. What if Ken Holland got Detroit to sign Patrick Kane just to hold on to him until the trade deadline? I would refer you to the NHL standings. In order for for that to be true, the Oilers would have to finish in the playoffs and Detroit would have to finish out of the playoffs. Detroit right now in the Atlantic is in third place, 25 points in 20 games. They're ahead of Tampa Bay, Toronto, Buffalo, Montreal, and Ottawa. They trail, not by much, Florida. And everybody trails by Boston by a little. Daniel Nugent Bowman, our friend from the athletic is on the way next. This is the lowdown with low tide on sports. 1440 lowdown with low tide on twang Tuesday. Man, I love that song. We're driven by Wolf GMC Buick new name, but same great team. 184th street and Stony Plain road, Wolf GMC delighted to be joined by our friend, Daniel Nugent Bowman, who was in for an entire hour last week. Uh The, 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 turns have tabled since our last conversation, sir. Uh, Edmonton is playing pretty well.
2: Yeah. Well, first of all, we talked a lot about music last week, and you just cut off a great song. I know. uh, Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) we we can talk about that another time. Uh, Yeah. uh, All of a sudden, they're playing pretty well, eh? Uh, 13 goals for and two against in the last two games, and... Uh Conor David is in on nine of those goals, so uh it's amazing how things can turn so quickly. Uh, it seems like I was just in there i mean it was a week ago, but uh it seems a, uh, more recently than that, and we were going on and on about how McDavid like, didn't look right, and the others are in deep trouble and uh, on and on and here we are, and things are much better so um. You know, I think a lot of the a lot of it with this team is is, is so co- like confidence driven, right? Like McDavid clearly was was lacking confidence. Same with same with you know Leon Drysaddle. Um, the team just struggled to produce offensively and, and that's more you know what we've seen in the last two games is a lot more of what this team really is or what they should be um, and uh, they, have, they have a very stiff t- test tonight in the, in the Vegas Golden Knights who are very stingy defensively um, but at least they come into this game feeling a lot better about themselves and, and having some results to show for it
0: Speaking of confidence and, and, you know, kind of changing the script, Darnell Nurse made two, one brilliant one and another nice one that ended up hitting Hyman and then going to Connor McDavid uh, for a second goal and outlet passing and and control of the play in the defensive zone has been an issue for this team. If If they could get that part of their game straightened out, it really does lessen the stress on the defensive side of the puck, both for the goaltender, but really for the skaters as well.
2: Yeah, when you talk about Nurse, I mean, uh, Chris oblock said, you know, touched on it after the game on Sunday, that they really want him to be a bit more assertive, and they want him to, to you know, use what he's good at, like his body, uh, you know, his big body, his long stick, um, being assertive to turn pucks over, and uh, that's the good Darnell Nurse, right, and um, he gets a lot of flack in this uh, in this market, and, and I mean that comes with the territory, rightly so, when you've got that that type of contract. Um, but uh, you know, when Darnell Nurse is playing at his best, it it not only benefits the Oilers, but it rubs off on a lot of guys on this team, right? So, uh, uh, I don't think you've seen the best of of Matias Ekholm yet. Uh, obviously, Evan Bouchard has had his struggles defensively and his, uh has tried to make up. Um, for that offensively in his offensive game, but um, he's a much better defender than he that he's shown this year as well. So um, I think you know when you look at the coaching change, they're four and th- three under uh, Knoblock, and you know they're still working in some new systems they're still working in um, a new voice in Paul Coffey in addition to his own and they're also working in um, you know Mark Stewart being a bit more prominent I think and and Chris Knobloch talked about the penalty kill and how much um, praise he's given to Knobloch in that regard so um, they've still got a lot of work to do um, on the defensive side of of the puck but with somebody like Nurse starting to show um, you know the best sides of his game I think that, that bodes well for this team
0: Daniel nugent Bowman, our guest from The Athletic on Sports 1440. I wonder about this team. You know, w- there was a, a sense that they had to make a move, and they did not. Uh, they sent Jack Campbell down, but uh, during that really low period, they they stayed the course. Now that things have, have led up a little bit, there's still likely things they want to address uh, before the deadline. What about goaltending? Do you think we see Jack Campbell up here maybe after that long break in early December?
2: I think he'll have to come up at some point unless there's a move. Um, now, I, I mean, he's got to be playing well for that to happen. And he, and he did have the shutout um, last week on Tuesday. Followed that up by allowing three goals. I believe it was 36 or 37 shots against uh, and a 4-2 loss. Um, I don't think we're quite at the point yet where they should feel comfortable enough with Jack Campbell to want to, want to call him up. But he's unless they make a move they're going to have to bring him up at some point providing that he is playing well enough. Um, I don't think the end game here is to have Jack Campbell um be an oiler long term and when I say long term I mean past the season. Um it's gonna be hard to address the goaltending situation. We talked about that last week, Al, and, and I, I know lots of people it's it's the number one conversation around here. Um it, it, you know Campbell's money the 5 million dollars uh on the cap this year and for three more is not only hard to move him but it's it's tough to get in another goaltender at that you know with him around so um <laughs> it's going to have to be addressed i think at some point um and if Campbell is still on this team and i mean on this team in terms of being in this organization I, I I find it hard to believe that they that it's going to be anyone other than you know somebody making two million or less to come in and and be able to fit in under the Oilers cap. So um, ideally, they would move Campbell. It's a tough ask, especially in season. Uh, and then in the offseason, we know how challenging that's still going to be in terms of them having to pay. Um, you know, prospects and picks and and maybe even retain a little bit of money. Uh, But I think that's probably the end game. But uh, I I, I do see Campbell coming back at some point. Um, I don't think he's a long-term solution. Uh, in terms of solving their goaltending woes, though.
0: The buyout's the thing, right? Like next summer, because you're you're they don't have enough assets, and they're going to be, I'm going to talk about it in a minute, but they're going to be moving assets uh, in trade here uh, leading up to and at the deadline. I think the buyout is the only reasonable thing for Campbell, especially considering the Connor Brown bonus.
2: Yeah, almost certainly, and that's a tough pill to swallow for six years. Like, uh, you know, it doubles the, the, the term, and he's got three more years on the contract. But you're right. I mean, look at the farm system. It's it's pretty barren. Uh, they gave their first last year, um, and up there, one of their better prospects in Reed Schaefer uh, to necessitate the – to, to make the um, – Matias Ekholm trade and nobody's, you know, especially what Matias Ekholm did last season, and what the, you know, the expectations are for him. Um, I don't think anyone's looking at that as a bad trade by any means. Uh, that was a, a, you know, welcome trade for this organization, um, but it did further strip the, the um, you know, the wallpaper off the wall, I guess, and uh, things are running pretty bare. And um, you're right. I mean. You know, you look at where they are now, and I touched on this in a piece uh, the other day, they should still make the playoffs. Not looking particularly great or anywhere where, um, you know, things should have been at this point. But the bottom half of the the conference is so bad uh, that they should be able to get in. And given where this team is in terms of, uh, players, uh, you know, their ages, you look at guys, a lot of guys getting to the, being 30 or over 30, and, of course, Leon Dreisaitl and Conor McDavid, where they are in their contracts, I, I think you got to get that first-round pick in, in play. And um, You wrote, I know, Ra- Al, about uh, Philip Roberg. I don't know what his value is around the league, but he's kind of like the top prospect, and, and I don't know uh, how you where again where his where his value is but he'd be a guy that i would think to your point would would be in play and um you take out a first round pick you take out broberg just spitballing here but man there's not a lot left and that leaves uh not a lot left to your point of giving another team to get to take on campbell's contract so never say never i think that would be probably preferred than having a guy on the books for six years but I think the buyout is, is, is the most likely outcome, given um, you know where where uh, where the prospect pool is and, and and the type of future assets that this organization has.
0: Low down with low tide, our guest Daniel Nugent Bowman. Uh from the athletic. Okay. So I, I mentioned this last hour. I look at this team and, you know, people are saying, well, they have no chance to win the Stanley Cup. But if you could add, uh, you know, Ivan Barbashev type, the Vegas did that last spring at the deadline, Chris Tanev, who might be available, uh, say Daniel Vladar, who played well for Calgary, things can change. But, but to your point that you mentioned a minute ago about how spare it is, uh, sparse it is uh, in the, in the prospect covered. And, you know, they have 2024 20, and 20, twenty-four first and second round pick and a twenty twenty-five first, but you know, how much can you get done? Those are three significant pieces that I just mentioned. I don't think you can do all three. Uh could you do two?
2: It'd be challenging. It's not only the the prospect uh cupboard uh being fairly bare and and, and assets and whatnot, it's also the salary cap too. I mean, <laughs> They've been up against it, obviously, uh, playing with a 21-man man roster for a lot of the year um, with injuries, having to play short-handed a couple times. Now they've been in LTIR for a little bit. They're not accruing space. Um, really, they got to move somebody off. I think they have to move somebody off, off this team to bring in uh, pieces, and um, I, you know, I mentioned this a lot of times. They've got a lot of guys under contract, with either no no trade or no movement clauses, making five million dollars plus, so that really leaves in terms of a shakeup. There's three guys that I keep looking at, and it's it's Warren Fogle, it's Cody Cc, and, and it's Brett Kulak. So how I mean, Cc's uh, been pretty good this year. He's arguably arguably been their most consistent defenseman. Warren Fogle, you know, has, has maybe regressed a little bit in terms of the production, but early in the year was one of their better forwards anyway. Um, Brett Kulak, yeah, as a, as a third pairing defenseman, but with um, with two more years left on a contract that pays him 2.75 million dollars, and has never really been a guy that's really, for any sustained period of time, been a top four guy. You know, you're either getting rid of two guys that are very very useful or, or even important, or you know, I don't I don't know what the market would be for for somebody like Brett Kulak. So that, all of that is to say, I don't know how they 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 make a move. I, I don't know how they um, how how they get rid of some of these guys and, and their salaries to open up space to add a, a significant player. So I think that's. Um, that's a, a, a kind of a, an area that, that Ken Holland and, and I'm sure the management staff are looking at in terms of how we how we make this move. But um, they do need to get better. I think they will make some kind of move before the trade deadline. But when you're looking at two and three moves like you're you're maybe suggest suggesting or or maybe hoping for for the Oilers. Uh, I I see that as being a big challenge for this team.
0: So uh, if I was a bad man, I'd say Corey Perry, go, but I won't. I'll say uh, the Chicago Blackhawks uh, terminating Perry's contract today, and we'll see whether or not the NHLPA steps in. It may not be uh, cut and dried. It looks like right now it is, but we don't know for sure. Um, Perry, as a hockey player, still appears to have something left. Ken Holland uh, has shown a fondness for for players, I'm sure he views Perry as mid-career at this point. But do is that is that maybe just in terms of style a fit you could see for the orders in Corey Perry if he were to sign here?
2: Well, in terms of style, like I think they need some more jam sandpaper. This is my, you know, I, I'm more uh, inclined to uh, look at guys and and kind of the at least some of the analytical uh, perspective and slant that they bring uh and the bottom six you know in terms of their driving play has been not bad but they do need a little bit more production they do need a little bit more you know (laughs) uh, toughness i think in the bottom six um they need somebody that can play it they need somebody to you know in my opinion without off-ice baggage as well whether or not they go that route is another um another thing i mean Ken Holland has shown throughout his career that he's been okay with bringing in guys that have a little bit of baggage. Uh, Vander Kane is obviously one. Uh, they brought in Jake Furkanen, uh into camp last season um, on a PTO and, and let him stay pretty close to the very end, before it was uh, pretty clear that he wasn't going to be much help to this hockey team. So, um, you know, as long as things check out, uh, Ken Holland's track record is to to. Uh, you know, look look very carefully at those guys. So um, you, obviously we don't know all the specifics here with, with Corey Perry, but, you know, the statement that the Chicago Blackhawks put out is quite damning. We'll, we'll see if he has anything to say, or, or to your point, the PA. Um, but that type of player, anyway, I don't know where Corey Perry stands uh, right now within the Oilers organization or the league, but that type of player would be somebody um, that they can use Um Ideally, making I, I can't remember exactly what Kerry, uh, Perry rather his cap hit uh, four million was or is. Yeah, yeah uh, I knew it was high. I, I think they'd be looking, especially if the player is going to be in the bottom six. Uh, somebody making you know about a quarter of that now. Uh, obviously, teams and the Oilers weren't in LTIR; they were accruing space. They're not now. Uh, they don't really have a lot of flexibility. Um, I think I think the price tag, um, providing you know his contract isn't terminated. Uh, which the Blackhawks uh, are hoping that uh, are going to try to get it terminated, uh, I think the the contract would be a little high if the others could sign him uh, or somebody like him you know at a million or less, then, you know we might be talking a different story, so you know we 'll we'll see on that
0: so last time we talked when you were in the studio, I really enjoyed that. We talked about you know the the most bizarre, unusual you know years you 've had, and this being one of them, and you mentioned the the Shirelli year uh, um, and and you know the what went down with the manning trade and all that. Um so is this different now again because it appears as though they the pressure point was reached they fired the coach and and there does seem to be some lift off a bounce here uh, or is it still too early to tell you know in terms of this being a different script being written
2: A little early but it still has been a pretty weird year I think any Oilers fan would look at it it's hard it's hard to uh think any any way else I mean yeah, Jay Woodcroft's name was, you know, in terms of betting uh, lines and, and odds and all that, his name seemed to be pretty high up in terms of first uh, coach fired. And I always looked at that and said, are you, are you kidding me? I mean, uh, look at the track record, seemed to have the respect of a lot of the players. team was uh, picked by many to be a cup contender. And I think that last point really uh, was the, the main reason. It really kind of was driven home. I mean, I, I couldn't have seen a situation during the season where Jay Woodcroft was, was fired and it la- he lasted 12, 13 games. Um, so that right there is very odd. And then you look at, you know, coming into the season with a lot of guys being banged up or injured, Ryan McLeod, um, and Connor Brown with his injury from the previous, uh, previous year, Matthias Ekholm. Um, and, and the last thing you expected to see was, was struggles for Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl. um, goal tenning was always going to be a bit of an, an issue, but nobody saw it being to that level. There's just a lot of things that uh, early in the year were are very odd with this team um I think they're starting to work through it um you know last couple of games have shown that, but I think we're still pretty early i mean the record is is, is quite poor uh it's it's you know I, uh, they they have a long ways to go before they can um even with the, the conference being as bad as it is, the bottom end, that is, um, I, I think they've got a long way to go before we can we can really say that the script has been changed. And uh, there are some, some good signs, but, uh, again, a long way to go.
0: Final one for you, Daniel. Uh, you and I are in Vegas. We flew down there on Sunday. Uh, I've been sleeping regularly. Uh, you're on no sleep. We're now looking at betting on Jay Woodcroft getting an NHL job as a head coach between now and the end of this season, where are you going, and how much are you putting down on it?
2: Huh? This trip sounds intriguing. I, I, it sounds like I brought my kids though, because uh, <laughs> there's a no <enough> sleep <laughs> thing. Um, <laughs> so, uh, where is he going? Jeez, ah, I don't know. Um, quite, quite honestly, I, I know his name kind of like popped up a couple times with Ottawa. I don't know what his relationship is with, with Steve Stales. I, I, I quite frankly, I don't I don't know. Um so I mean that that could be uh, you know a possibility. Everyone has seen uh, DJ Smith's name out there a gazillion times and, and Ottawa fans who were off to Ottawa fans he'd he'd have been fired a long time ago, obviously. So um you know that in terms of just looking at vacancies, um that one kind of pops up or pops to mind rather. Um, I'm just trying to go quickly through my head a little bit here. Um, I'm not sure what other um, ones are are kind of front of mind um, in terms of guys that might be fired soon or any of that type of thing. So we've seen in this game so often that it's like not only – what you know but who you know and uh um you know with with a guy like Woodcroft obviously he's he's been around he's been a few places he's got a lot of uh connections in the, in the league um you would think his next job would be a, a head coaching job just given the success that he had in Edmonton but you never know um could he have to go back to the minors again would he have to would he be an assistant coach again and uh um, be like the guy, kind of quote unquote, in waiting on a staff. Um, it, it, it's very hard to, to know. Uh, again, Ottawa's the one that kind of just pop, keeps popping to mind. But um, I, I wouldn't put a lot of money on it if, if, if we're going back to our Vegas trip here, now, <laughs> just because coaching—it's it, it, so hard to know. Like it, it really is, and it's—it's um, it's, he uh, needs to, you know, the right. Position to kind of pop available, and, and he needs uh, somebody kind of in his corner corner rather to um, to give him the job. So, uh, as good of a coach as I, I do think Jake Cro- Woodcroft is, and as as much success as he has in it has had and did have rather in Edmonton, um, pick, kind of uh, uh, trying to find a, the next job for him is a fool's errand in my, in my
0: books. Daniel, thank you, appreciate it.
2: You're very welcome. All
0: Talk right, to you next week. There you go, Daniel Nugent Bowman from the Athletic. Ottawa's interesting for Woodcroft. I would like to see Jay Woodcroft get a job. That's my feeling. I like people to be employed who are good people, and I think he is. And I'm glad that people are giving, because I thought that, you know, there would be some backlash, but, you know, um, Chris Knobloch's doing a good job, I think, and tough league, man. Tough, tough league for coaches. I mean, it's not as hard as Declan's job, but it's tough. How are you doing over there? You've been quiet today. Are you okay? No,
1: I'm good. Yeah, doing well. Doing well. Just, uh, yeah, sitting back, taking it all in, Getting getting some stuff done over here. It's been nice.
0: Doing do the budgeting or paying the bills, or
1: well, right now it's just editing that uh, that audio interview that we just had. So,
0: oh, are you going to send that out? Yeah,
1: yeah, we're oh, going well, to get star-rific. all terrific. We're going to get all the individual interviews up on our podcast. So we're doing well, that so. differently
0: now, are we? We are. Yeah. yeah is that helping? Mm-hmm. Are we doing good? Or well,
1: it's matter? it's pr- we've just started doing it this week, so okay. we'll see. We'll see how it does. I heard Holly mentioning
0: down. that you were doing. Does that extra work for you? Does it bother you personally?
1: It's it's definitely extra work, but no, it doesn't bother. me. Me. It's, I mean, it's we, pretty, we ask
0: a lot of you. You've got to sit there for two hours and listen to me.
1: I know. It, it's know. tough over here. Do you I don't need a spit
0: guard it. over there? Is that okay?
1: Or am I far enough away? Or Yeah, I think I'm okay. I All think right. i got my own space over did, here. It's did, fine. Did, coffee or anything? You need a lounge yeah, chair? Had some. Had some. A new chair might be nice, but <laughs> I, won't, I won't dare ask for it.
0: <laughs> this is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. Brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick. Corner of 184 Street and Stony Plain Road. I was just telling my friend Declan that that song, Take It to the Limit, is the only number one song by the Eagles sung by someone other than Don Henley or Glenn Frey. The other one, the, the singer of that song being Randy Meisner. <sighs> there was a time I wanted to be Casey Kasem and do American Top 40. American Top 40. Have you ever heard the Casey Kasem uh, verbal, the clip, where he loses it over a dead dog dedication? I don't think so. Oh, do yourself a favor tonight. Check it out. Well, it he just, he he loses his mind, and yet he's still Casey Kasem. He's still got that great voice, right? Like, I think he could do anything. He could He could commentate a trip to the grocery store. I think he's dead now. Actually, there was a weird thing around his death that I won't talk about, but pretty cool. How far can Low Tide get away from sports in 30 seconds? If Woodcroft signs with another team for less, does he lose $2 million for two years from the Oilers? Uh, usually there's some kind of a, an arrangement made where if you do take another job. But I think he's at a point in his career where if he likes the job opportunity, he would take it. <laughs> <laughs> Can I read this from Fergie's
1: Prostate? Will you, you have to pre-approve this? No, I read it. Yeah, that's, yeah, go for okay. it. Declan. I don't have much say in this show. I just want to say, if you okay. ask me, no, the answer's I not often going to be no.
0: I don't want to embarrass you any more <laughs> than we already have. Uh, Declan, I took Mrs. Andrews for dinner on Saturday night. She can really put away the grub. I couldn't uh, bring myself to pick, uh, put the puck in the net. She's got enough. R- oh, okay, I'm not reading that. Love the show, Alan. Fergie's Prostate. It turned on there. Well, oh, I was going to
1: say, how much um, prep did you well, do? Because I read the whole thing, and I was like, he's really going to read this? My uh, well, goodness. I,
0: it, sounded, it started so cute, and then it went very, very vulgar. Oh, yeah. Um, wh- whoever hires Woodcroft is Manson also included in the hire from Coach Mike. Don't know. Um, it's probably going to be hard for Jay to live on it. People are so worried about other people making money. You know, like, it's not your money. And and Jay Woodcroft doesn't even count toward the cap. Big Mikey says low tide nurses consistently as among the best plus minus on the team, playing against the other team's best. Great player, overpaid, but not on him. P.S. Please don't retire. Big Mikey, I don't plan to, but oftentimes, and you know, I would just tell you, I wanna I wanna guard everybody against this. Oftentimes, I love this. I will not give this up, but this will give me up at some point. That's what happens with people like me. I love this. You know, if I'm not doing this, I'm sitting in a chair in a basement in St. Albert uh, asking my kids if I can come upstairs and get water. That's basically my life. So this is like all-star two hours for me. But life is funny that way. You know, you, you do reach a point where, you know, I... I think what I'll end up doing is parking Declan's car for him when he comes in and is a big star of this radio station, which is less than a year away. Mr. Mister Kruger, is it okay if I park your car here? I promise to bring it around, and you didn't pay me last week. Is that okay? to I mention that to you? No! That's the way my life will be. How do you get a Barbashev Tan Evan Vladar? No cap, no prospects, no hope from Brad. Well, that's the deal, though. You 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 have to pretzel things so that happens. Now Vladar is two million. Daniel Vladar is two million for two more years. So it's not like it's an impossible con. You're you're absolutely going to buy out Campbell in the summer. You could get Vladar. That's not a bad one. Tanev, Barbashev, well, you're going to have to give up something. What do you give up? If you get Tanev, would you be okay with trading Kulak and putting Broberg there, or would you be okay with losing Cody Sisi? I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know. Is Fogel a guy you trade? Don't know. Hey, gentlemen, I noticed that LT is referring to our D-man as good. Other teams have great D-man. Well, we're parsing words here, Brian, from Millwoods. I say good. You know, you say great. That's not really a, that's not a, an accurate measure. We're just using different words. If I said elite, you'd be mad at me. So let's review. LT, why don't they ought to send down Broberg so he can at least play gonna just scratch him all the time? That's what I wrote today in The Athletic. It, it, you know, if you're not going to play the guy, then make the decision. Trade him or send him down, and then you can call up Ben Gleason or someone. The, 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 Broberg is, like, he's an impact player in the AHL. He's very good in the American Hockey League. And I think he would be in the NHL too, but you got to play him. And they're not playing him. So if if every point counts starting now and you don't believe that Broberg can help you, then let's review. The, the options are sending him down and trading him. And he would be a guy that has value. I found the song Ebony Eyes by the Everly Brothers, 1961. Sad song. The Everly Brothers are... They were really good. Kathy's clown, till like I kissed you. Um, wake up, little Susie. Uh, they had a. They had one called "On the Wings of a Nightingale" in maybe the '80s. It was really good as well. I'm a big fan of the Everly Brothers. Lt, do you think Holland's mistake was rolling the dice on an unproven starter instead of maybe looking at a more solid complementary goalie? I th- I think Campbell made his bet, and it did, or I'm sorry. I think Holland made his bet, and it didn't work out. You know, there there's this sense of 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 well, there's only two ways this could go, good or bad. Well, that's not really the case. He thought Campbell was going to be able to come in and do it. Campbell has been unable to do it. He also signed Zach Hyman and Evander Kane and other players. Cody Cc, Red Kulak was a trade, but then they signed him. They've they, they, not everything he touches turns to to you know. Still meet. It just, it, it, this one particular one has really cost the team and it was for a lot of money for a long, long time. He should be held to, to, you know, account for that. But how much should he, he I mean, it doesn't matter now. He's in his final year. He's not going to come back. But I think that if you look at National Hockey League teams and making bets, uh, the Campbell bet was a very poor one. It didn't work out. It could have worked. It stood, could still work. I think it's highly unlikely. What the likely scenario is that Campbell gets bought out, regains his career somewhere, making a lot less money, and then goes on to have success. You know, I learned about, are we almost, I got to go. Yeah, so thanks for tuning in. I'm going to talk about Phil Necro tomorrow. I promise Jason Gregor on the way next. It's time for an update.